0: Hello, welcome to the am your host, John and in this episode, I brought on regular Eric Taylor, and maybe asparagus, probably not, but anyway, our guest is from Los Angeles, California, he's a real estate broker who lives in Los Angeles, of course, and uh, he has a bad writing habit, apparently, well, I guess we'll have to find that out, because, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Robert Boog. Hey, Peter.
1: Hello. So, So, how's life? It's doing. uh, Everything's doing well. Today's my wife's birthday. So, um, if you ever want to, you know, uh, sleep on the couch, just forget your wife's birthday. (laughs) My tip.
2: (laughs) 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 No. No. Uh, oh, Oh my gosh. How how long do you have to sleep on the couch for?
1: No, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I. I, everything uh, is good now I oh what are they yeah bought her some flowers everything is good
0: oh okay that's great so yeah,
1: that's uh great. so doing anything
0: nice tonight
1: yes we're going out to dinner with uh, our two sons so uh yeah we'll we'll have a good time oh okay that's nice yeah
0: so uh cool cool uh tell me more about what you do
1: um well i'm a licensed real estate broker i've owned um my own boutique business. Um, I've been selling real estate since 1978, believe it or not. Um, so I'm one of those guys who graduated from college. I attended uh, school at UCLA. And after graduation, I uh, actually I took um, um, the real estate test before graduating. And then when I graduated, I just jumped into real estate. Hmm. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm one of those guys. I I bought my first house when I was like uh 21, my second house at 22, third house 23. It got l- like that. I'm I'm one of these uh, you know, um I I didn't to be honest, I probably uh, took one day off during my first 3 years of real estate and that was Christmas Day. Okay. Okay. And yeah.
0: uh what what recent Real estate negotiations or business deals you have done recently?
1: Oh well, we just um, we do everything from vacant land to multi-million dollar mansions, really. But um, I'm located twenty like twenty minutes north, twenty four minutes north of Los Angeles. To be honest, so um, I'm in. Um, have you ever heard of uh, a TV show called The Santa Clarita Diet? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. it's... Uh... It, it's with uh, Drew Barrymore, but um, yeah, oh, okay. it's it's uh, that I live in uh, the city of Santa Clarita. Okay,
0: that's cool. So, was doing real estate something you wanted to do from the very start, or have you thought about doing other jobs when you were younger?
1: I um, I. When I was younger, I did not want to go into real estate. My my parents were both real estate brokers, and I vowed I would not get into real estate because that's all they talked about all the time. And uh, I hated it when, at, like at the dinner table, all they would talk about was real estate. So, um, like, yeah, they wouldn't talk about
2: they wouldn't talk about basketball, baseball, like you know, wrestling, nothing, just real estate.
1: Yeah, it was always <laughs> <laughs> it was real oh estate. Gosh, it was terrible. I hated it. So they didn't, uh,
2: they didn't they didn't talk about what they would be getting you for Christmas
1: that's real estate you know yeah it was ah
2: <laughs> <there.
0: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well uh, so what's the word yeah. of today real estate that's all there is
1: no um, it would be like uh that house up the street that was listed for back then it was probably forty five thousand can you believe that that you know they Ooh. have the the audacity to ask that price or whatever
0: oh okay wow yeah wow oh, I'm, I'm, oh my yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so um so do do you own any real estate outside of california or do you predominantly concentrate real estate properties within where you live surrounding
1: i only yeah i i own properties uh just here in in Southern California. Although I have helped people to buy outside of the state of California, I, I once helped a, a man buy a property um, in Texas. So uh, that was that was kind of fun. Okay,
0: okay. And uh, did, were there any people you helped out help buying properties in other states of the U.S.?
1: No, that was the only one. He he was a millionaire, and um, so uh, you know he could buy whatever he wanted. And um, so I just helped him, you know, um, I just kind of had suggested something to him and then he took me up on the suggestion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like no questioning, just took you up on
1: it? Yeah, it's kind of, well, okay. So um, this man, his name is John. And um, before he was a multimillionaire, he was involved in a, um, a tragic car accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down so he oh. was in a wheelchair and when when i met him he had not received his settlement and i helped him to buy a house because he was really interested in fishing and um so what i did was i convinced the, the lender that he was a professional fisherman and um he was so impressed with how uh he 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 always told me he liked the way I thought, or, you know, he would always say, I like the way you think. And, um, okay. So, um, I got him to buy that house. And then one day I, I called him and then he said, wow, I just received my settlement. So I helped him to buy like seven other houses. And then after that, I, I stopped by his house and he was, he had turned this one house into like a complete video gaming, uh, kind of uh, man cave. So, wow. um, yeah. He had like eight uh computer monitors and he I, I think it was called um I don't know if it was Minecraft or what one of these things that you talk to other players uh you know all over the world and you buy credits or I don't oh, know he,
2: did, it, that did, have of, a, did it have a pickaxe and was it block characters?
1: I think so, yeah.
2: Oh uh, yeah, that, that must be Minecraft.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, so um so I—I t- said dude, what happened to fishing? And he said, oh, you know, it's so hard. I, you know, I wake up and to, you know, just put on my clothes and then I have to hook up my boat to my, you know, he, he had a suburban. Uh, Then I have to drive it to the lake and I have to back it up, launch the boat and then park and get back in the boat. And it's hard, you know, being in a wheelchair. So I said, dude, you're, you're a multimillionaire just imagine you wake up and you own your own lake. There's a flock of geese that land. You, you know, you, you just uh, roll down this uh, deck to your boat, like a pontoon boat that you have all your fishing stuff and you just go out on your lake and you fish, you know, that, I mean, couldn't you imagine doing something like that? And he said, well, um, find me a 40 acre lake and, um, I'll buy it. So I went to Google and there were two 40 acre lakes. One was in like Kansas and the other was in Texas. And then he called me from Texas and he said, "Uh, I want you to help me buy this place. So he flew me out to Texas and um, believe it or not, what was funny is like um, this flock of geese actually landed on the lake when we were sitting there so he like looked up <laughs> at me and he had this big grin on his face and uh so you know he bought that place okay uh,
2: okay and uh i think uh i'm gonna ask the, bur- the most burning question that me and joe may are clearly thinking oh boy is everything really bigger in texas <laughs>
1: It sure is, man. It's, uh, you know, um, if you were to drive, I had some friends of mine who were driving from, like, San Antonio to Los Angeles, and um, they drove for 24 hours, and they were still in Texas. Can you believe that? I mean, wow. that is such a no. big state. You, 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 it just is kind of mind-blowing. But, yeah. It, it's it, wild. It, yeah, it's it's huge. <laughs> wow. Gigantic.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I like I like how you said, "Oh boy, like this was gonna be." <laughs> yeah, like, oh
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh man, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, what's your favorite season? My favorite season? Oh yeah. Um, I would say uh autumn, or you know, the fall. Here in Los Angeles, it it's pretty warm most of the time, and um. It heats up just a little bit in uh, in October, and um, so it's it's kind of like a fun month to take off if you can. Um, so uh, everywhere you go, every other place is a little bit cooler and nicer and stuff. So uh, that's what why my favorite season is um, like in in the fall. Okay, nice, nice. So yeah. w- what what is your favorite food? Sushi. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Choice.
0: Oh yeah, sushi's great. So,
1: what was the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Hawaii. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I I went to Hawaii with. The, if you go there at Christmas, the weather is gorgeous, and you uh, they say "Meli uh, Kalikimaka" for uh, Christmas. You know, Merry Christmas, and uh, Santa actually arrives on a surfboard. He, you know, it's it's kind of cool if you uh go there around christmas and you do the you know the touristy kind of things um you know they have luaus that you can take or a a bus will take you there and you drink and sing all kinds of silly songs and uh, have a great time it's really a lot of fun
2: okay okay yeah, I would, so... yeah
1: I would be nice to go yeah what I about you do. and me? I...
2: So would you say if your mind was an island, would it be Hawaii?
1: Well, um, yeah, probably, uh, you know, um, the main island, I guess um, that's not the big island. But um, yeah, I just I I just went to where uh, Wacky Key, you know, that um, area and uh, you rent a car and you can drive around the whole island uh, maybe in a half an hour or so. I mean, it's not. And what's interesting is the like the the sign says interstate highway, and you think to yourself, who who made this sign? Because you're you, you know you're you've just flown over like three thousand miles of water, but um,
0: yeah, you just uh, you're nowhere in the near the mainland. It's just right. miles There's away no... into the Pacific. Yes, it's like a whole new a whole new plane, but yeah, somewhat familiar atmosphere. It's 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 mind-boggling. Yeah, and it's very beautiful too. It really is. Oh
1: yeah,
0: oh yeah, absolutely. So, if you have to choose between scuba diving, bungee jumping, or skydiving,
1: which one would you choose? I would probably go for uh, scuba diving, and uh, just to see what uh, I I have done. Um, um, I've done parasailing before. So I've got, I kind of have, I, I like that. I mean, it's, it's fun to do, but I've kind of done that. And I've never really scuba dived. So um, I think that would be fun. Uh, you know, cross it off the bucket list kind of thing.
0: Okay, that's great. What was the worst piece of advice you were ever given?
1: Worst piece of advice? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I didn't listen to it. I don't know. I you know, um, I can't really think of one. Okay. What 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 about yourself? What, what was
0: I just I just thought about it right now, and oh my gosh, it's so bad.
1: Okay. Let's hear it.
0: Okay, I I don't know how to say it, but it's very complicated. That's that's that. But that's not why it's bad. It's just, uh, okay. So there was this lad who wants to get the ladies. You know, typical stuff. Yada yada yada. So a
2: typical chat.
0: Yeah, basically, so basically what he said to me, the guy who knows more about the ladies than he does is like, if you want the ladies, you need to get a grapple on the, uh, I'm not going to say it, but he said about something, grappling, wrist. grappling something and, uh, and, uh do okay, them. Whatever. Grap- yeah. Grab grappling. That's, yeah. I think that's just the that, that least shakiest way to put it. It's just, no, he's going about it's all wrong. He okay. he's he has a completely wrong perspective about it about dating. He, so yeah, I, I never took that advice ever. I also I also told people not to take advice from him ever because that was <laughs> awful. That was the worst advice I I've ever heard in my life.
2: So I'll be honest, that's advice I would expect to hear from a cartoon, like an adult cartoon. Oh yeah. <laughs> at, that, at that, like, oh, I, I, wouldn't yeah. the, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take that advice.
0: Nah. Yeah. Best we don't, I, I best mean, nobody takes that advice whatsoever. It's just, no.
2: Has no. he provided you with any other advice after that?
0: Yes. And this one is very, very stupid. He says, okay. if you want to gain, if you want to earn loads of money, uh, t- take a, a dollar bill or any paper note, uh, bury it in the ground, water it, and eventually a little tree will grow and uh, money, paper money bills, will start growing out as leaves. Uh, that, 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 no, no, I'm not joking. That's what he actually said. Take a paper bill, bury it in the ground, water it, and eventually it will grow into a money tree. Like
2: How old, how old was he? Because I think he was just trolling at that point. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he was definitely trolling. Oh, man. He was so <laughs>
2: stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so,
0: Dude,
2: if, if, it, yeah. if it worked like that, I'm pretty sure everyone would have been planting money, money, you know?
0: And if, uh, and if everyone did it, then inflation would have gone a lot worse than it already is right now. So, uh, yeah, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So what, So, what is the most
1: comfortable piece of clothing you own? my shoes probably um my wife bought me the a pair of crocs and i'd always made fun of people who wore crocs and um i i have to admit they're actually really comfortable i wouldn't be seen in public with them but wearing them around the house um you know crocs are actually kind of comfortable and uh, you really don't think of them like that i think or at least i never did
2: Hmm. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'll st- I'd still make fun of people who wear Crocs.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just not. <laughs> You're not cool. Yeah, I, I totally I agree. I mean, but uh, I, again, I just wear them around the house and in the backyard, kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything against Crocs. I just,
0: I I just don't see the appeal to them. That's all. Uh, I'm, I'm just pretty. Maybe. I'm pretty laid back with when it comes to fashion or anything in general. But yeah, sometimes I don't get certain things on why people say why this is bad and what this is good. I'm just I'm just laid back about most things, especially Crocs. I think they're all right to be honest. Yeah. At times, yeah.
2: So, so you told so you said that your wife told you that you had a bad writing habit. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, I um okay, so. This is kind of a lengthy story, but I, um, she and I were watching this documentary on Edward DeVere. He was supposed to be the guy who um, wrote Shakespeare. And um, after we watched it, like a month later, we were having dinner with my son, and I went on and on about this movie. And uh, on the way home, come to find my wife did not agree with me on the movie at all. She thought that anyone could write the, um, the you know, she's Hispanic. So she's from Guatemala originally. And um, my wife has a temper like a microwave. You know, you put it on eight and her blood is boiling, that kind of thing. So when I told her that, no, nobody could write like Shakespeare, just, um, you know, you would have to be highly educated. And so that really fired her up. And so after that um i decided to um you know do some more writing so when she says i have a bad writing habit it means like i will sit um somewhere doodle on a like a yellow line paper and just start words kind of pop in my head and i start writing them down and so she says you have a bad writing habit and anyway so i wrote this book on shakespeare where i um you know i claimed that um shakespeare didn't did not write shakespeare that kind of thing so um that <laughs> that inspired her uh, her comments i think okay
0: that was
2: very okay. very
1: interesting yeah it was interesting and i'm Wait. not gonna
2: lie when you said like you know she when you when you told when you said at the part where she was fired up i thought you were gonna say like you know as soon as that happened she made you sleep on the couch
1: just about
0: (laughs) it was was pretty
1: close (laughs) yeah oh boy I'm not lying (laughs) Uh, but here's the thing when I I talk okay so this is the thing that uh, about Shakespeare that um, there is no direct evidence that anyone other than William Shakespeare wrote William Shakespeare right I mean his name is on the plays on the sonnets the quartos or whatever and um the first folio which includes like 36 of his plays so um the thing that that um i guess i'm one of those people that um when i haven't something bothers me in my head i'm like a dog with a bone that i keep chewing it kind of thing so the thing that that didn't make sense to me was really why would anybody at that time really want to put their name on the plays like why would you want to be known for writing these plays to me that didn't really make sense and that's why i didn't think that he really wrote them do you want me to continue or
0: yes go, yes
1: go ahead okay. we have Alrighty. all the time in the world okay so here's yeah. the thing <laughs> you remember there was a king henry the eighth he had um several wives and a couple of marriages that he annulled and then he beheaded a couple of wives. Remember that? Um, King Henry VIII, yeah. he, he, he really wanted a male heir. And um, Okay, so the male heir, his name was uh, King Edward VI, and he, um, he died when he was like 15 years old, and then came Queen Mary Tudor. They called her uh, Bloody Mary, and then after her was Queen Elizabeth. And uh, she, that was Queen Elizabeth I. She um, reigned England for like 44 years. She was the daughter of King Henry VIII. So um, back then, if, um, th- according to the, like there was an edict of 1350 where a ruler w- could be like a serial killer. They could just say that, um, you know, they could say any person um, was guilty of high treason and there was really nothing that the person could do. I mean, if you made fun of a ruler, um, that was high treason. If uh, you called the ruler a tyrant, high treason. If you imagined the death of a ruler, that was high treason. So just imagine, you know, you know that this, and we know that uh, Queen Elizabeth I beheaded her own cousin. That was Mary, Queen of Scots. So um, if Queen Elizabeth I, um, okay. So Queen Elizabeth I actually saw a play of Shakespeare's. It was called Richard the Second, And after she, and she was like, she was pretty old. She was like 63 and she passed away when she was 65. So she was, a, you know, not a, a spry chicken kind of thing. But um, so she, after she watched that play, the the which was performed by the Lord Chamberlain's players and we know that Shakespeare was a member of the Lord Chamberlain's players and he allegedly wrote plays for them but um, okay so the man um, who paid for the performance was uh, a guy by the name of Sir Jelly my uh, Mycroft or something like that Myrick okay so he after, watching this play what do you think uh, queen elizabeth the did she had um, sir jelly myrick hung quartered um you know that kind of thing um remember how shakespeare wrote these two long poems to uh henry Rosley? he was um you know supposedly his patron um henry rossley was sent to the uh, tower of london um Another guy was beheaded. So you think to yourself, would you really write plays? Would you really want to put your name on a play like Hamlet where the prince kills the king or Cleopatra where the queen kills herself or, you know, you could go on and on. But these things, it, to me, that just didn't make sense. It makes more sense if, I mean, if for me uh, and I had money, I would pay some other dude to put his name on it, and I would write the play and just say that this guy wrote it. I mean, does that make sense to you at all? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I kind of so, get what you're getting at. Yeah. So, so here's yeah, the thing:
1: way. there is no direct evidence that Shakespeare wrote. I mean, there, uh, the, all the the direct evidence is that William Shakespeare wrote all these plays and poems and and sonnets and stuff, right? So. How do we find out or figure out that someone else really wrote it? You you would have to use what we call circumstantial evidence, which is like an inference. So there there are different pieces of uh, circumstantial evidence. Like, um, have you ever heard of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in the um, in the play uh, Hamlet? There are two, you know, actors well, two actors called Gildenstern and Rosencrantz, but they were actually real people. They were the, um, the king of Denmark's uh, ambassadors. And um, the king of Denmark at that time, his name was Frederick, and Frederick had this uh, unusual drinking ritual where he would fire a cannon after he would drink a shot. And so, I mean, in... In Hamlet, they, he talks about this. Like there's a quote that uh, no jocund you know king will da 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 you know goes on like, and he talks about firing a cannon. And so the question is, how would William Shakespeare know about this king of Denmark and his bizarre drinking ritual, as well as the the names Guildenstern and Rosencrantz of these you know two ambassadors? which are play they play as ambassadors in this uh, in the play hamlet well there was this guy named peregrine bertie who was the english ambassador to denmark who spent about a year and a half a year let's say 14 months or something there in denmark so he witnessed like firsthand what what was going on right and mm-hmm. peregrine bertie was the brother-in-law of edward de vere so I couldn't could you imagine like one night you're at you know I don't know at dinner and this guy's telling you stories you know you want to hear a funny drinking story this guy would fire a cannon after he takes a shot or you know like stuff like that so that's just one piece of it and um so I don't know to me it's it's a matter of picking up little pieces like that that kind of have slipped through the cracks to create a circumstantial case that there was a different um writer than Shakespeare we've kind of got it wrong <laughs> well uh, but the here's the thing scholars uh that are like Shakespeare scholars they just kind of like uh, put people like me down and just say you're you know they like a flat earth believer or you know he's a crank he's a you know like an idiot um But I'm just looking at it um, like, you know, um, I, yeah, and um, what happened too was, you know, during the pandemic here in uh, California, they, you know, they closed the whole state down, like Blockbuster Video, right? So I had nothing to do, and I was uh, watching TV, and I kept seeing this commercial for um, Latuda, and. was thinking to myself, man, this, this, uh, this must cost them a lot of money. I mean, because they play this commercial over and over, how much does this Latuda cost? And so I got my, my iPhone and I Googled uh, Latuda, got the website. So Latuda is a drug that treats bipolar disorder and, um, its symptoms. Now, bipolar disorder used to be called manic, uh, depression. And, um, Later that same day, I was kind of doom scrolling on Twitter and I, there was this, um, famous actor, um, Shakespearean actor, Sir Patrick Stewart, and he was reading a sonnet a day. And, um, the sonnet that I listened to, he was talking about, you know, depressed, you know, being depressed, despair, death. And these are all symptoms of bipolar disorder. Since I had just, read the symptoms and read what bipolar disorder was about. And so I kind of made this joke. It sounded like old shaky might've needed some Latuda, right? I mean, and then I realized, wait, what if that were true? What if the bipolar disorder might be a way to circumstantially prove that um, Edward Devere, this uh, 17th Earl of Oxford was really behind um the shakespeare canon does that make sense at all Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what uh so i wrote this book it's called shaky's madness does a mental disorder reveal the the real william shakespeare so it's not um you know it's not uh i don't know not that long i i kind of do it in a conversational tone so um but I did, but, okay, so I started writing this thing and then I got to about 50 pages and then I thought, what if I'm totally, you know, crazy myself? What if I'm wrong? Shouldn't I bring this to a psychiatrist or someone like, you know, who really knows uh, about bipolar disorder? Because I, I would get, um, the, the pushback that I would get would be like, how can you diagnose somebody with bipolar disorder who passed away over 400 years ago. So this guy, Edward de Vere died in 1604. And that's been the biggest um, obstacle to his authorship is that um, his Shakespeare scholars will claim that half the plays were written after 1604. So how could a dead guy write these plays? And um, so um, I, you know, I, looked into things a little bit more or and made the discovery that um edward de vere's um he was edward de vere's father died when he was 12 and then he was sent to live with queen elizabeth he lived at her right hand man's house this mansion it was called cecil house and cecil house con, uh, contained the world's finest library back then and uh one of the people who lived at Cecil House was a man by the name of Arthur Golding who translated uh, Ovid's 15 book poem uh, Metamorphosis into English from Latin. And so um, he lived, it was actually Edward de Vere's uncle and he lived there with him. And um, so one of the things with uh, the William uh, Shakespeare has been, how, how could he read, uh, you know, metamorphosis because, uh, he lived in Stratford upon Avon and, um, this, he had to have read it in both uh, Latin and English. And, uh, they didn't have any public libraries back then. And so, um, again, they, people will get back. Well, remember Edward de Vere died in 1604, so he couldn't have written these plays, but then you, um, you look at things, uh, And if you look closely, you realize that he probably could have have written everything and um, someone else after his death have changed a few lines, really. And um, uh, William Cecil, uh, whose wife was named Mildred, Mildred's sister was the mother of Francis or Sir Francis Bacon. So he, Sir Francis Bacon and Edward de Vere were cousins they knew each other. So it's kind of like, it, it gets kind of interesting when you really look into it and you suddenly, um, it, it doesn't seem like all that crazy of, of a notion. And, uh, this, when I got an email back from the psychiatrist who had read this, you know, these 50 pages, he said that no one in the history of, um, literature has ever, uh, noticed this before about, um, Edward Devere possibly being, um, bipolar okay
2: okay that was very interesting
1: yeah oh thanks <laughs> uh, that
0: yeah, is anything. all we have for, that was all we have that's all we have for this episode it was great having you here robert talking about uh your real estate and uh, especially talking about theories behind william shakespeare and his plays wow it's quite
2: impressive oh thank you yeah, so and much and your writing and your writing addiction yeah. <laughs> Thanks there. Oh man. Appreciate it. Uh, anytime. anytime. <laughs>
0: and until next time, stay tuned for more.